Welcome to a Black Music Appreciation Podcast. On this show, we explore people's journeys through hip-hop, growing up in the 90s and into adulthood. We gush over the times in hip-hop we can't get enough of. We love on the culture, the state that it's been in, and what it's becoming. Discussing struggles with not always being loved back by a culture that we love so dearly. We get into those same things with R&B. We look over hip-hop and R&B and where they often meet. And we try to explain why we fell in love with both. We explain why we feel the culture is in good hands. This show is for music enthusiasts who want to connect their story to an ongoing rich history of innovation and resilience. I'm Tam C, and you are listening to a Black Music Appreciation Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Tam C. Uh, This is the first episode of a Black Music Appreciation Podcast. And for the first episode, uh, I wanted to do a background on my musical upbringing, just for reference and just to get an idea of also what I want people to share with me when it comes to their musical stories. Uh, This is just part of mostly like concentrated on like elementary school and like early middle school. I don't really get into like, I don't think I get really past 2000. I feel like in this story but in general this is just like the foundation I didn't want it to be too long but this was just a getting to know me episode and yeah I want to also hear from you guys so uh, I do have an Instagram check me out on black music appreciation podcast on Instagram I know it's long I did not know how else to abbreviate that without making it confusing so I just put that on there uh But yeah, I want to hear from you. Uh, If you think you have an interesting story to share, even if it's not necessarily a story, maybe it's just an experience that you had. I want to hear about all of those things. So it could be about your musical upbringing. It could be about a concert you went to. It could be about life, I guess, in the pandemic because we're still in it. Um... It could literally be about anything. It could be about how you deal with grief, but with music. So with that being said, uh, check me out on Instagram, uh, Black Music Appreciation Podcast. It'll also be in the show notes. And um, let's get into this first episode of The Musical Journey. And uh, yeah, let me know what you think. There's also going to be a bonus episode, if that's your steez, about the fear of missing out. I don't know what order you're going to listen to this in, but yeah, I was... Very excited to talk about this, and I nerded out just a little bit, and um, I guess that's something to get used to, but yeah, I definitely, um, I had fun recording that, and then I recorded some other stuff too that I guess maybe, we'll see if it comes out this week or if it comes out in two weeks, because this show is also bi-weekly, we'll see if I can start doing more than that, but right now I just want to make it easy on myself, having time to edit and also just do things outside of this like work and stuff so yeah but for right now um let's get into this episode of just me talking about my musical background I grew up in a household that was very much filled with music but also filled with chaos growing up Um, I had very little exposure to modern day music 
or what would have been my modern day music so like 90s r&b and very early 2000s i guess that wasn't something i was exposed to in real time that stuff i had to learn later on and so i was kind of like playing catch up with a lot of stuff but a lot of my exposure to music at least modern music at that point in time came from watching tv um so whether it was um nickelodeon or disney channel or pbs or like whatever the regular public channels were from but we didn't watch a whole whole lot outside of that we had um what is it the vcr so we would have the vhs tapes and so a lot of, I mean, a lot of stuff just was out of routine anyway, because it's not like you had a whole lot of options as far as like streaming and things go. So we were constantly rewatching um, tapes and listening to CDs. And I also would get a lot of stuff from the library. So whether that was um, VHSs or stories, for the most part, I was getting all of those things from the library so let's see yeah I had a cassette tape um I mean a cassette tape player I, it didn't have a radio on it so when I was younger we used to just have we could only play cassettes and um my parents obviously had uh well my dad had a stereo system that we would listen to the radio off of and um cds and things like that but we weren't really allowed to touch it even though i was always finding my way up in it anyway but well once i got a little bit older not at the very beginning but like saturday mornings i would listen to radio programs on there and then um it would be cartoons after that and then uh once i was like towards like third fourth maybe fifth grade i would play around with the um stereo a lot more especially after school or if my parents weren't home I would be getting into the records and stuff and messing around with that but uh our house was full of like not old school gospel it's old school to me but it's not old well it's it's old now but at the time it was like a lot of early Fred Hammond uh commission Yolanda Adams Donnie McClurkin, uh, we had uh, Nita Baker, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, the Jackson Five, the Jacksons, you know, heavy on the last three, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, and the Jacksons, which that was like all I knew in elementary school. Those were the big three for me. I was in a Christian household, like I said, so it was very strict on what it was that we could and could not listen to. My exposure came through mostly children's programming like PBS, Disney, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, those type of things. But my earliest exposure to hip hop was this group out of Philly, the Cross Movement, and they were like the epicenter for the genre for me of just Christian rappers that were actually like good to me because you know music is subjective but for me most of the stuff that came out that was under the umbrella of like christian 
rap or Christian hip hop or holy hip hop. It, it went through so many names, but they were like a one of one for me. And then it was a lot of groups that came up under that and not groups, but a lot of people, uh, different acts that came out of that. And so they were kind of like to describe their sound. Their sound was kind of like a tribe called quest like somewhere between a tribe called Quest and Wu-Tang Clan because, you know, as you experiment with sounds, that's kind of like where their, their their pocket was, somewhere in between that. And I remember just how, like, because I got into it so early, I, I couldn't have been no more than five years old, but because I had been exposed to it so early, it had been the anticipation of hearing these projects over the years. Like every time a new project would come out, there was this core group of us at our church that would be able to discuss these projects in depth. Well, when I say us, I was watching at that point in time, but there was a core group of uh, people at our church. It was probably like people in like their early thirties and under and you know they had us as children and so it was like they were all very much into this hip-hop thing and so it was like yeah they got the kids there's this there was a lot of people in our youth group that were also into the same thing and then there was just a place for us to go together to do things so even if people weren't necessarily into the music that cross movement was coming out it was just another place to you know congregate and talk to each other about something like you know safe space so it would be a lot of like Wednesday night ciphers and things in the parking lot and a lot of uh just different activities that were kind of wrapped around the music sometimes we would go to basketball games and things but for the most part the things that we would do would be concerts and so it took a long time for well what I felt like was a long time as a child to finally be able to go to a concert because they had went up to Philly a few times and I was just like, I want to go. But they was like, no, let's, my, I think, I don't know who was responsible, but I was told, you know, you just got to wait, you know, just wait, you know, because you mad little. And uh, it was like when I finally got to go, I couldn't have been, I might have been like eight or nine years old. But at that point, I'm trying to think how many projects had been. Because I, I can remember like the first time I heard their, I think it was their third project. Yeah, the, I remember the first time I heard that album. It was an old band. And we um, we would listen to a lot of music in during car rides and stuff. And we would spend a lot of time in the car just going from like um, church, you know, the library, school what have you so I remember we went to the Christian bookstore and this was the first time that they had an album drop that you could get from the store and we got it going to the music store used to be an experience for me like because you got to understand like that was going to be the soundtrack for the next couple weeks months whatever or you know like you could you would just let a cd ride and it would be a part of your new rotation and so I think third album they came out with was called Human Emergency. And there was this kit that came that, you know, opens up the album. 
And I just remember being like slightly confused because I had never heard this before and I didn't really know what I was hearing for the first time. And I remember my parents' reactions and like them laughing and chuckling, like getting excited as this skit is ending and it goes into the first song. And I was just like, what is this? Like, I remember that being like my first conscious time remembering hearing cross movement i know like i'm i'm almost certain that their music had been in the house long before that because at this point i think that album came out in 2000 and they had been putting out albums i think since like 97 so they were always like not always but they were a part of my earlier memories a lot of the time but i don't remember the first time i think i heard them i just know like they had a lot of projects that came out around that time. And then they had a solo project that came out like shortly after. But I remember the first time I heard that in the car and I was just like, what is this? And like musically, it still goes. I I couldn't tell you like, I mean, now my politics and things have changed. So a lot of the stuff that I used to go off for I obviously can't no more because it's just like, ooh, no, nah, that don't, that, the math ain't mathin'. I don't know. Like I said, it was the first time they had a CD that was in the store. And I mean like Christian bookstores. We ain't even talking like, shit, I don't even know if we had Walmarts like that yet. We had Walmart, but I don't remember going up in Walmart like that yet. But, like, they weren't, like, I think the next album they had might have came out in a Walmart. But regardless, like, it was just so crazy. Like, that was the first time they got, like, passed. You used to have to mail in for the, for the albums. And so normally it would be, like, a group of people. Not a group of people, but, like, you and a friend might mail in for an album for each person, you know? But, uh, yeah, like, it was very much underground. And the thing was, because it was a sub- it's part of a subgenre of hip hop. It was even harder to find because it's like, I mean, to find, like, I mentioned, like, you know, music is subjective, but a lot of the times I feel like people would be lazy with the music and coming out with a lot of subpar stuff and then putting it, putting it under the label of Christian music because it, like, the assumption is with Christian music, it doesn't have to be good as long as the subject matter is right. But even then, it's like, nah, bruh. I feel like it should be good on both levels. It should be good content-wise, and it should be good musically. If it ain't going musically, why would I want to listen to it at all? But a lot of things got passed because it's like, oh, it's about intention. It's about the heart, you know? It's like, uh So that was always the driving force. So even if the music was like mid it would still get a higher ranking in your rotation because of subject matter and sometimes people got better with time and then of course there's always production that could have you know gotten better with time like a lot of things like you know there's just different things that make you like an artist and so with cross movement out the gate they were pretty good lyrically and musically but as time went on, they just kept getting better and better. So, like I said, Human Emergency, that was the first album that we got out the store. And I think production-wise, that was probably, like, 
I mean, it was the two thousand. Like we just got into the two thousands. It was just, it was different. It just sounded different than anything I had ever heard before. And like I said, I had, I, they were my gateway into hip hop. I wasn't hearing hip hop outside of Cross Movement, and maybe a couple other acts, but they were also connected to Cross Movement. It wasn't like I was hearing, uh, I wasn't hearing Wu Tang Clan or a tribe called quest or any people that they might've sounded like on certain songs. I had no reference to that information. So it was like, I had no way of saying, Oh, this is biting, you know, going back now, other people could listen to that and tell me, but at the time they just sounded like them. And so, yeah, the, the human emergency album, that was just amazing. It was also, I think the first time I heard British rappers and that was towards the end at the end of every cross movement album, they would have a cipher. And so that was when you would have people, not only the members of the group, but also people that they were affiliated with. And I would be like, Whoa. So I remember that being like a really cool thing because it's like, yo, these black British rappers, like, you know how we go up for, for grime and, and, and drill music now it's just like whoa this was like I can't imagine what the scene was like in like the early 90s the hip-hop scene in New York like I'm not New York the, the hip-hop scene in London like that shit was crazy to me I never heard that before so by the time I am hearing grime and all this other stuff I'm like I I mean like you know it just seemed like it was bound to happen but yeah that was the first time I heard British so the first song I remember telling you about was um, called The Light, Blazing One. And it had this rapper, his name was Truth. But it was so crazy because when we first heard the song, there was so much uh, confusion. Because it's like, wait, which one's Ambassador and which one is Truth? Like, who? they both sounded like, their voices sounded like. Truth was like, I don't know. He, he had to be either in his early 20s or his late teens rapping on this song and I was just like and the first concert I went to was at Truth's uh Truth's home church it was his dad's church and the thing was like because they couldn't like just book a venue they weren't big enough to book a, a venue and but they also weren't really um I don't know I don't know how to describe it they weren't really welcomed in a lot of churches either because hip hop was also seen as taboo. It's like, as if to say that God has a, uh, a trademark and patent on a certain type of music, like even gospel music. I wish we could like rebrand the name and things like of that nature, because it's like gospel music for a lot of people is what we will call choir music. But we've been so accustomed to calling it that that that's what we call it but just I, I don't know it's it's not really about the content of the music but there would just be things about hip-hop that people like when people would do for rock and roll and all these other um, types of music jazz and things it's always something that's going to be seen as oh that's worldly or da 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 it's like I don't see how a music can be worldly like especially if they're talking about something that's 
supposed to be the very thing that you're supposed to be talking about too it's like in some cases you would even have it that the music that I was listening to would be more so on track of the theme of what you're trying to talk about than the music that you're listening to which might be you know but regardless it just was interesting politics a lot of it goes back to respectability and things but at the time we didn't have the language for that so I just would have my confusion but I was just like that doesn't make any sense and that's where I would leave it at but yeah we had this particular church it was very it was kind of big this particular church I know there the concert they had went to before this one that I didn't get to go to they were talking about how they was in the balcony of this church and the thing like the way they was rocking in the building they thought that the balcony would come down they was like yo these kids or young adults whatever they're going to break down this thing like this is a hazard but it was just it was the vibe of the time and I know that it was like that in a lot of places but like the circuit that they were on it was giving very much chitlin circuit but it was just very interesting because it's like they weren't welcome even with churches and things like that. Like there was all these campaigns for why it was wrong to make this type of music. And so it was just like, damn, I don't even know how to feel or who to tell that I like this thing. But at the time it was like, you don't know till you expose yourself. So yeah, I was very much into hip hop and hip hop was just something that I gravitated to and just always felt such a deep connection to but I also like singers so when I wasn't listening to um cross movement I mean granted when I was younger I really didn't get much of a choice but we did like the Jackson 5 we very much were into um we, we, we liked the songs they were just you know catchy they were they were groovy uh, I don't know what you would call it it was just it was just good it felt good Stevie Wonder, all of those things, they just felt good to listen to. Heavy on the Michael Jackson, heavy on the Jackson 5, heavy on the Stevie Wonder. Um, But yeah, when I got to my first concert, like I said, I was a sponge. So it had taken years to finally get to this first concert, right? So the first concert, I pretty much showed my tail. I knew all the words because I was so little. I'm standing in the in the middle of the aisle because standing in the we were in pews. We were standing in the pews and I'm like, I'm too little to see anything. So they let me go into the aisle. <laughs> and it was just funny because it's like people was looking at me and I didn't give one I didn't care at all. I was just so happy to finally be there. I'm like, I'm finally at the concert that I have been asking to go to and I basically did what any any person normally does at a concert. I just let loose. I'm, you know, dancing, singing, rapping, whatever they told you to do, I was doing it. Group participation on ten, okay? I was very happy. So, yeah, I was just super excited. I was, yo, I was just hype. I was hype. I was just super hype. I was like, I don't know, maybe eight or nine. And then at the end of the show, we got to meet the members, you know, maybe get something signed if you chose to do that. And at that point in time, the group that I went with at my uh, church, they were going pretty regularly to these different shows so when they were all rolled in deep they would recognize them you know they might have like 
one person, um, she would make graphics and actually, well, I'll talk about her later, but she would make graphics and she would have like a chart for them to sign their names in. She would have, it was like a, a circle, like a pie chart. And they would have their different pictures in the different parts of the pie. And then they could sign that. And then, you know, that was that. I didn't know what to say. I kind of was just looking around and, you know, I was like, well, I got my little school notebook. So I just like put my little notebook out to get to get it signed. I I had no words. I just walked up to the table, put out my notebook. And then uh, in a joking manner, they took the book, they signed it, and they handed it back to me the same way, no words. And then they was just laughing. But I was just like, I didn't know what to say. I had no words. I didn't know what the etiquette was. It's like, uh, hey, hi, can you sign this? Hey, I really like y'all's music. Like, I don't know. But yeah, I was, I was just, I was just happy to be there and to watch all the different conversations that would happen on regular at my church on Wednesdays to be seen on 10. Like all the people that was in this building was here for the same thing. We all liked hip hop and there was levels to how everyone in the building liked hip hop. I was just like, yo, that's so cool. And we all mess with God. Like that's cool. Cause I had never seen that before. And again, I had never seen anything really as far as hip-hop outside of cross movement but just to see like all these people like hip-hop I didn't know all those people liked hip-hop you know like since that was my only exposure I really didn't know anything else existed like not really and this was before yeah this was still early like early early 2000s like maybe 2000 I don't know 2002 2003 and uh yeah it was just super exciting to see all of those people coming together like that was my first concert I think or the first concert that I remember going to um and so that was just really dope to see because I never seen anything like that um yeah I I would like to see more of it truthfully speaking like when people go to concerts it's not necessarily that you get to see the people that go to the shows interacting with each other we all come up into the space collectively we sing the songs with the artists we try to interact with the people that you know are part of the show afterwards chop it up that way maybe you recognize some friends that are at a show but for the most part I would like to see like more community like as far as, hey, let's walk up to somebody and start talking to them. I mean, you know, times is different, but also times wasn't that different either. It was very much after, I mean, it was still in the high, um, not, I won't even say in the hostile part of the climate, but, you know, things were still high as far as uh, tensions and things go for what the 90s was giving and then what, the early 2000s was given like it was still you know it was just a lot of things y'all was there but it was just tensions was still high but it still was a way that you still was able to have fun and I think that's how it's always just been but I really just like the idea of people walking up to each other and be like oh how'd you hear about this group how long have you been listening to them oh what's your favorite song putting people on to new acts that you had never heard of like that was some of the dopest thing because I'm very much a curious person and being able to get put on to stuff like that and then being able to look them up in whatever fashion that we used to look things up but 
I, that was just like a highlight. So there was just so many things that just made it really cool. Being able to see people talking to the artists, people being able to talk to each other, just the whole gamut and just being able to talk about so many things because it didn't just stop with the music. It started getting into the conversations of what was going on, like the politics in your church, maybe, you know, like all of those things. It was just different people's perspectives on different things. And people was traveling out of the area. We weren't the only ones traveling from out of state to go to this show. This was a regular thing. Like people were going out of their way to make sure that they could see these people on the road. Cause it's not like it was, a whole lot of opportunity to see them otherwise um so yeah that was really cool just that aspect of uh of the shows and like the thing was I don't know if you ever stood outside of a church before but I remember one time being late for church and hearing how loud it was from the outside it doesn't seem that loud when you're in it but like the noise level i don't know how many decibels had to break through for the like because you could hear it leaking you were hearing sound leaks outside the building and i was just like yo we be rocking like this every sunday though and like on a on a on a good sunday it could be even louder than what i remember hearing outside of the building but like if that's how loud it was (laughs) on a good sunday of like different ages and groups, like, you know, just different types of people in one building on a good Sunday. To have a whole, basically a whole crowd of young, energetic people all knowing the words to these songs. And it's not just like, it's not just singing, like people, we're shouting the words and all this. And it's like, yo, I'm sure like, and then you have to also consider that's just the people's voices that are booming. We got drums, we got, uh, we got the CDs going, bass, speakers, all that. Like, it's loud in there. I couldn't imagine how loud it was if someone was to ride down the street like, yo, what in the world is that? But, um, yeah, I just, I couldn't imagine, like, how crazy that was to experience. Especially if you're, like, an older adult and you're looking at this. Even if you admired the music and you were an older adult. Because there was definitely people in our in our group that helped as we had our caravan going up to Philly that were involved. That were definitely uh up there in age. But were also fans of the music and what they were doing. And, uh... Yeah, I just couldn't imagine how wild that was to see. And it had to also be weird because it's like, you're not used to seeing this happen in a church. It was just very, it was a lot of different things that just made it very interesting. And so, um, as far as like Christian music goes, uh, we were very, we kept it, pretty locked onto one or two stations on the on the fm side uh there was one it was kind of like a pop christian station very white there was a lot of not a lot but there were some acts that were very popular at the time that would never have seen the light of day on these stations and absolutely upsetting absolutely wrong they would have 
a segment on a Saturday night where you could hear gospel music played. It was super late too. And which is crazy because it was a Saturday night. Like people had to go to church the next morning and it would be like 10 o'clock when they would start this gospel hour on the station. And I was just like, this is not right. Like there's gotta be another way to hear music from black people. Like, how is this okay? But you know, that was later on when I was able to find, um, when I was able to explore the radio, because at the time, uh, I don't think I was, I was probably like in fifth or sixth grade when I finally got a boom box with a radio. Before that, I had a, uh, a Walkman that I used to borrow from my dad that had a cassette, like it was a cassette Walkman. And I would borrow that sometimes to listen to cassettes. And then later, once I started finding radio stations, I liked, I started borrowing it to, to listen to that more especially at night so pretty much when I was supposed to be sleeping I was staying up studying the radio because wow I was so excited to just learn all these new things and uh all these new sounds they were just fascinating to me and so yeah I was listening to a lot of uh I was like to get back I was listening to a lot of since it was the 90s a lot of the music a lot of Christian pop music tends to like be at least 10 years behind anyway but it just seems to be that a lot of the music was like 80s and it really didn't have a sound for the 90s I don't think but like it was just very it was just very pop and like some of it was cool but after a while it just was getting a little too repetitive because it wasn't enough of a switch up like it was cool for the time but it just it just was kind of stagnant. And so that's what made me start looking in the other places for things. Because I was like, yeah, I like pop music, but not like... Like, this is a lot of the same. And like, yeah, it would still hit when I would hear it come on. But it's like, there's got to be more options out there. Like, no one else knows what this music is. There's got to be more music out there that I don't know about that I want to explore. But uh, for those stations, what they lacked... There would be times when I would go to the the music store and we would find artists like Nicole C. Mullen. Same way I had the experience listening to Cross Movement for the first time. I remember hearing Nicole C. Mullen's um, Talk About It album for the first time, sitting in front of that same store um, that we got the Cross Movement album from and hearing the skit in the beginning with all the little girls. And I was just like, it sounded like children that I knew. And so I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, they were like, can I get a witness? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Can I get a witness? Uh. And then it was like, it did it from that, from that very beginning. Like, I was just, I was just so fascinated and enraptured because I was like, I never heard nothing like this before. This was the black side of the music that I was looking for in the pop station that they weren't giving me. Like, Nicole C. Mullen was very much to fill the gap of, uh, to fill the gap of what I needed my little black girl to see because it's like okay this girl's got braids she's got you know she's brown skin like me she seems pretty cool like she she sings and talks like I like like I was like that's so cool then there was this other group they would call out of Eden there was three sisters and they were kind of like my destiny's child because even though I knew of Destiny's Child, it was very little that I knew about Destiny's Child. Like, I didn't really know their songs. Like, I think the first 
I don't know. Like, I remember Survivor and Independent Woman and all that, but I think most of that stuff was just, like, referenced. I never had heard, like, the full song, which is another thing, like, that'll go into another tangent at another time. But I remember the first time I got... uh that's my hands on the destiny's child album was a complete mistake i had went to the library and got um i was just doing my regular routine like i had found uh i think it was the it was the cheetah girls first soundtrack i had had it before but i had seen it was back on the shelf because it was in very high demand and so i saw it again and i was like oh let me go get the cheetah girls i get the cheetah girls soundtrack open it up and there's this black disc, and I'm like, this ain't the Cheetah Girls, what is this? And then I read it, and I was like, oh my god, I hit the jackpot, what is this? This is, what what was it called, Survivor? The the Destiny's Child album with Kelly Michelle and, um, and Beyonce. But I was just like, yo, it was like a godsend. I had never, when I tell you, first of all, at this point in time, the Cheetah Girls, I don't know what year that came out. I don't know if it was 2003 or 2004. But, like, this Survivor album had been out for a minute at this point. So, for me to finally get to hear these songs in their fullness, I was like, yo, this is amazing. I remember the first time I heard Brown Eyes. I said, yo, this is the type of music I want more of. Like, and the whole album slaps, but it's just like, yo, I remember hearing that song and I was just like, oh my God, there's music like this out here. Like, I want to hear more stuff like this. And that's kind of like when Nicole C. Mullen did for me, because she kind of was like pop, but then she was kind of R&B too. And Out of Eden was too, but... Oh my God, like the ballads, I, I used to love, I used to be in my bag for a good old nasty ballad. Like, oh my God. So they had brown eyes. Out of Eden had this song with this group called the Katinas. And they were like these Samoan brothers. It was like eight of them. Well, it was like six of them, I think. But it was a lot of them. And I remember going to a Katinas concert and they was these Samoan brothers, but they were singing R&B style and they would be on the pop station that I told you about, the Christian pop station. So, yes, there was... It was mostly white, but the Katinas made their way onto that list. The Katinas and Jackie Velasquez. I don't know what her ethnicity was, but she had a song that Nicole C. Mullen wrote which would be on that station. So when I first heard Nicole C. Mullen's first album and I heard that song, I said, oh, I know this song. This is Jackie Velasquez. It's like, uh-uh, Nicole C. Mullen wrote this song. But anyway, the Katinas had this song without it eating. It was called Here's My Heart. And when I tell you, I was like, oh my God, that was a, like, that's a R&B duet. And like, it's supposed to, like, Mally Music has a song that's kind of like this that was on his child what was the name of that album i think it was called second coming and he had this song called the song was called all i have to give out of eden song was called here's my heart this song oh i need to put this on the playlist for this particular uh episode but that song was so good to me i heard that song late but it was like i had heard this album before but what i don't know how old that was when i finally heard this song and like recognize that ooh, this is the type of music I like because this was an album that had been in rotation I just never like sat down and listened to it myself and so when I heard this song I was like oh my god 
but yeah like the katinas oh my god i forgot about them the katinas oh my gosh they even had like some really dope christmas music that was fire but oh my gosh the katinas they was the samoan brothers and they used to kill because the music was so rare to me it would always feel like a special occasion like even with church um, because of how strict my dad was about, you know, it's got to be this, that, and the third. Instead of doing his own research on the music and what was sound to him and not sound, it was kind of just like, well, I'm not going to do a whole investigation on all the music, so we're just not going to listen to any of it. And so the only time that I really would hear gospel music that was current would be at church. And so even though we would go every week, it was always something... Well. For the most part, it was something different every week. And I was like, oh, I like this. Like, we used to have, um, yo, everybody, I'm sure, had a, a church like this. But we had, like, our own uh, praise. Like, the we had this special praise team that was kind of like this. Like, they were very, they were, they were, they were good. They were, like, this R&B-esque singing group they would it was maybe like six or seven of them and they would do their certain set of songs like every week wouldn't be a choir week some weeks it would just be the praise team they would do their lit songs then they do their slow down chill songs i remember it'd be some weeks we would be in the basement trying to pretend like that we were playing some of the songs i would have like a fake drum set made out of like totes and things and we would be singing the songs man i tell you we used to have so much fun like musically the the stuff used to go and I was like wow like I, I really want to see like recordings of this stuff because to me that shit was revolutionary a lot of the gospel stuff that we used to listen to it was mostly exposed through church because we, we, we weren't really hearing it on the radio and even though there were gospel stations they were on the am side so it's not like first of all if you have learned anything, audio is probably more important than visual when it comes to a lot of things. If you're trying to listen to music and you got to listen through static and all that other stuff, when there is a clear like FM station available for the same, for something very similar, why not go with the FM? So yeah, in a lot of ways, it was just disrespectful that we couldn't have... Like, we wouldn't be able to ride around town and listen to the radio. Not unless you had a really strong antenna. Listen to the radio on the AM side without hitting track, like hitting static or possibly another station in between. Because sometimes that happened. And that's how I also discovered we had a Radio Disney that was within range. But, uh, yeah, it was just very interesting. Like, you... Th- the way that radio was segregated was just very annoying and obnoxious to me. So we couldn't listen to a lot of things. And it really didn't change up until recently. Um, it was it was after 2015. I know this for myself locally. It wasn't until after 2015 that the radio, like, they were learning that they were losing their grip on um the demo not even just the demographic they were losing their grip on a lot of things so then they started to open it up to hearing gospel acts and things on their stations but it should have always been that way but that's the conversation for another day but yeah my experience with radio radio is what built me um I learned so much through the radio like like I said, I would listen on the Walkman at night with my headphones on, just like 
hoping that I could stay awake long enough to hear Alicia Keys' diary. Like, that was my song. I don't remember the first time I heard it, but I just know how it made me feel. Like, just so at ease and at home when I heard that song. I was like, yo, I like this. What is this? Like, that was just such an amazing feeling. And I had heard of Alicia Keys through the Proud family, her guest spots on there. And I was like, yo, this the same girl that made Fallen. I remember Fallen used to have us in a chokehold around that same period of time when Alicia Keys was coming out. Uh, maybe like, this was probably after the first album. Uh, she, not on like, we were learning about Alicia Keys, but around that same time, their smooth jazz was getting really, really popular. And there was a rise in all kinds of jazz artists, you know? Like, it wasn't, it was like kind of, it was a lot of stuff leaning towards like R&B, but it was also jazz. And so a lot of R&B songs would be getting played on the jazz station. Like, jazz at the moment seemed to be having, um, it still was having like a pop era. And so... If, if you understand what I mean, as far as like popularity and mainstream, like they had a mainstream station that is now a pop station here. But at the time they were playing, um, they were putting me on to new artists like India Ari, um, Mariah Carey, which I know you probably like what you didn't know who Mariah Carey was. Absolutely not. Um, besides the Prince of Egypt, but even then, I didn't know her because of that. I knew her because I was like, oh, that's the lady singing with Mariah. I mean, that's the lady singing with Whitney Houston. I didn't know Mariah Carey. I, I had never known Mariah Carey. So We Belong Together was really my introduction to Mariah Carey, the artist. The Prince of Egypt soundtrack was a staple. Even though we didn't have it, I, my uncle had it. And like I remember hearing certain songs and just being like, whoa. And I remember seeing the music video. And just being like, whoa. Like, I always knew Whitney Houston's voice, even though I didn't necessarily know her music. And I was always enraptured with her. Like, whether it was Cinderella, The Preacher's Wife. Uh, I mean, just anything that Whitney Houston did. I always loved her hair. I always wanted to have hair like Whitney Houston. And not, like, always. But, like, I just always wanted to try, like, that straw curl type of effect. I was like, oh, my God, I want to do that. And so, Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. Like, I, those were the things I knew of Whitney. And even though, like, my parents were Whitney Houston fans, I didn't really know of her. Like, she wasn't someone's music that we played. And I was just like, how crazy is that? So, yeah, like, once I got old enough to start exploring my parents' music collection, I was, I was just going down rabbit holes. I... I'm telling you, like, once I got a CD player, you couldn't tell me nothing. Not really. <laughs> that might have been part of the problem. But, yeah, like, outside of that, radio was a really big thing for me as far as learning. Um, at night, they, on the hip-hop stations, they would slow it down, playing Neo Soul and, and the newer acts. So I might hear um, Anthony Hamilton, Jaheem. Uh, Life Jennings, Music Soul Child, Jill Scott, Erica Badu. Like, you were likely to hear anything. That's when I first heard The Roots with uh, Erica Badu. Was it? Yeah, with Erica Badu. I was like, hold up, which version was it? 
I don't know which version I heard, but I'm pretty sure it was the one with Erica Badu. And yeah, like hearing those people for the first time, I was like, whoa, you know, getting introduced to Joe. Oh my God. Learning about Drew Hill, which is ironic because Drew Hill is a local act, but I didn't know of them. And so it was like, yo, like we not making love no more. Like, um, five steps. Those were my songs. I was like, yo, how could, who wouldn't, why didn't no one tell me? Why didn't no one tell me? I know about Cisco. I know about none of them. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, learning about Maya like we're just talking about radio we ain't even talking like when I got exposed to like music videos and all that just radio like yo crazy yeah like whoo I remember because of having the Walkman borrowing um borrowing the Walkman and being able to like scroll through the stations for the first time I remember being on the bus scrolling through at the end of the day just you know waiting to get home and hearing Kanye West for the first time having no idea what I was hearing. And I think the first song I ever heard by him was Touch the Sky. I think. It was something upbeat like that. Like, I'm pretty sure it was Touch the Sky. And I was just like, oh, okay. And of course, I didn't know who it was yet, but I just remember hearing that. And I just remember, like, later on when I would start to make making the connections between the different acts and the people's voices and being to tell the difference. I was like, Whoa, I remember like, because of the time Ludacris was really big and TI and, um, later Jeezy. I remember those were like some of my favorites at the beginning of my journey, as far as like hip hop goes. And then of course, Kanye, but like, Oh my gosh, I was just so enraptured. I I loved it. And the thing was, because I just named all these men, I'm like, because Cross Movement was the base for me. Whenever I would hear a female rapper, I would go up. And so, like, sometimes you might have a feature and I would be like, yo, who is that? Why aren't they coming out with music? where's the music like I can clearly see that they want this I'm looking at their MySpace page I'm keeping up with them they're not able to release no music what's going on but yeah like it was just so many different things that were involved but I just really loved female rappers and what I lacked in female rappers then I would just find singers and like I remember being like I remember the first time I heard Fantasia I was on my way to school on the bus hearing it over the radio and I was just like I think the first song I heard was free yourself and I was just like yo what is this this is amazing in fact Fantasia is the reason I got into American Idol um it was after the fact but you know after the fact I was into watching the show and like getting involved in the process um that really didn't happen to like few years later but it was just the fact that like I learned about that I was like oh okay cool like Kelly Clarkson you know Ruben Studdard I know some of these people's names but um the voices that I lacked and perspective I lacked in my music broadening that really helped with figuring out a lot of things for me that were super important especially at the time because there were a lot of things that were not right in my household that I was having conflicts about 
and needing to reach out for assistance for. And I was just like, am I just, is it, is the problem really just me or is there something else going on? And, and finding out that no, the problem is not you, you're a child. You have no control over these things. Like these are things that are outside of you. And so it was just a lot of things. But I remember like the first time my dad bought a Mary J. Blige album. He bought it because he liked, um, what's the song? Uh, be without you he really liked that song and I think it was either no I think it was as I am that he really liked either way those were the two really big songs off of there and I was in middle school by this point but I remember sneaking sneaking that album I remember like after school in middle school I used to have like a half hour to myself before my mom and my sisters would come home and so during that half an hour, I would run home, not run home, but I would rush home. I would um, turn on the radio. I used to run home just to hear a Chris Brown song like every day after school. But this was like, I don't know, maybe seventh grade. But like, I remember there would just be times where I would go through the records. I would go through the, the, the CDs and just try different things out. I would turn on Mario's Turning Point. I'm like, oh my God, I love How Could You. I would put that thing on. But like this Mary J. Blige album, I don't know how I ended up getting through the album the first time. I don't know if maybe I just listened to it in my headphones when my dad wasn't home or what have you. And then just snuck it back because he would keep certain things on the shelf, but then sometimes he would leave them in his CD pouch that he would leave in his car. And I'm telling you, the way that I had to sneak things around, it was shameful. <laughs> but I know someone else can relate to this. But yeah, I used to sneak these things. And I know that he knew I was listening to certain things, which is why he would take them off the shelf. But then he would just leave him in the pouch and leave him in the car. I was like, ah. Oh. And at the time, it's not like I could like burn CDs yet. Um, I just didn't have any to burn on. But yeah, like, oh my gosh, I used to, the things I used to do to listen to music. But I remember hearing Good Woman Down. And I was like, Mary's been in my situation before. I think... Maybe I should listen to more people like Mary and get some perspective. Now, am I saying it was the same level of, you know, conflict? Or it wasn't the same type, I'll say. It wasn't the same type of conflict, but there were just certain things that I was like, yo, somebody understands where I'm coming from and why it is that I'm conflicted. And I just remember, like, that Breakthrough album was really, like, a manual for me as far as like how I should and should not let people treat me and yeah like I just remember that being a really big thing so after that breakthrough album whenever Mary would come out with something I'm listening I remember Runaway Love came out <laughs> shout out to my girl Kiki Palmer who stays booked and busy but yeah I remember her Julito McCullum who I used to have the biggest crush on in that music video and I was just like yo like runaway love like we're out here looking for these girls like who who is making the music about the like who I have barely heard songs where we're addressing the very things that we're constantly complaining about it's like yo and when I say where it's a smaller group of people complaining about these things 
And it's just like, I want to see the music reflect that sometimes. Runaway Love, uh, it just, it children be going missing. And it's just like, who in the world is looking out for these people? Who is making sure that these, there's not a, another incident where these children are being taken advantage of? Like, it went through the gamut of just different situations that young girls be going through. And I was just like, oh, she's speaking to me. Ludacris is speaking to me. I was like, I don't want to be a runaway love. Like, music could be a, a place of solace in a lot of times where it would just be utter chaos. And so Mary J. Blige helped provide that, as well as Fantasia. Like, I'm telling you, all these people, <laughs> it's not that they gave me a manual, but they just gave me a different perspective than what I was hearing already because a lot of the advice or, you know, unsolicited advice you would be given it wouldn't be, it just would not be co. it would not be coherent. Like, it just, it's like in one ear and out the other. What are you, are you, like, who are you telling, who are you hoping benefits from whatever it is that you have to say? But, um, yeah, I mean, because the thing with R&B music, it was more personal. Like, a lot of the gospel music we were listening to, it didn't really touch on, like, at home issues it was more so like okay we worship god these are how we feel about god and how god should feel about us but it wasn't really giving you like the tools or you know not saying that music has to do that but for me as a child my manual was music and in general like now music is just a way to help me express myself it helped me process things but like at the time i'm looking for perspective from adults and these were adults that I felt like I could trust and so you know it was Mary J Blige, Fantasia, Keisha Cole, Monica, Indiari that was the kind of stuff I was listening to and really like getting a sense of like it was also helping boost my self-esteem because then you had a lot of this Christian music that would always talk women down for merely existing it was like I don't remember any music being made about men that would that would be degrading like that and I was just like especially when it came to hip-hop it was always this thing where it was like we're making up a scenario for the sake of sounding like we're doing the right thing and so we're just gonna put this hypothetical we're putting out a hypothetical situation to make us seem good Oh, well, this girl, she dresses in a way that would lead me to do this, that, and the third. Therefore, she is responsible for my actions. Instead of it being, because, like, there was this one particular song. And this did hurt my feelings after I realized what it was. Because I remember one of my um, peers was like, hold up, they said that? And being disappointed in the fact that they said something that, was I was about to say low key at the time it was low key because I ain't know it's high key now though misogynist and I'm like bro what in the world there was like um the song was called body talk and um there was a sign there was a line I don't even remember how it started but the the retort was well the girl was like well don't look then and then a guy was like um essentially 
if I got a, like, he, he said something. But then after that, he said, if I got a nose, can I help smuggling the cooking? And I was like, bruh, literally, it's something called self-control out here in these here streets. David was able to march up and down the street buck naked and wasn't nobody over here talking about but what was he wearing if he had got sexually assaulted. I don't understand the correlation between men feeling like they can police women's bodies talking about we're being a distraction to them. It was just very strange, very weird, very um creepy. Uh, more words could be said, but it's just it was just very strange. And I remember how disappointed she was about that. And really, that not clicking probably till like a few years ago. But yeah, like it was a lot of things that after listening to that music for as long as I did, and the things that were being taught in church, a lot of unlearning had to happen. And a lot of things had to be questioned. It's like, okay, go back to this music and see what is it that we can keep and what do we need to throw away? Pretty much all of it has to be thrown away. But, you know, that is also another conversation for another time. But it was just very interesting. Like, th those were things that helped me process a lot of the things that were very much in my cluttered mind. Um... Yeah, so talking about all of those things, music and music, music really just being taught to me through um, radio, especially because for a long time, I didn't have music in school. I just remember not knowing what I wanted to do with music, but always feeling like that was my, the one place that I just felt very at home in and uh, like just watching, it didn't matter what the process was, whether it was like watching people do rehearsals in church for um you know like the children's choir oh my gosh our children's choir I'm sure it's just you know being biased but at the time children's choir used to go off like we had this one choir director she would maybe like children's choir might get together like two or three times a year for like every fifth Sunday I think and, oh my God, when they used to practice, there was one particular time, it wasn't like, I didn't hear them often enough, but like sometimes they would be practicing and I would maybe be downstairs supposed to be doing homework or something. And I would just be like, whoa, they sound amazing. Which also, I guess, should go back to the fact that, well, not go back to the fact, but introduce the fact that I'm pretty sure I have ADD. And so, like, in general, I be trying to multitask and that shit is just not, I don't know how people do it, but I would always try to do it and never fail. But my, my biggest thing is, like, I was really always trying to do homework with music on whether it was the radio or whatever and that was just like that was to help keep me awake but in the same time I would always just be so fascinated by what I'm hearing so children's choir going on new music I never heard before I'm fascinated by all these key changes and all these rounds and things all these different layers that the choir director is adding in and making the sections do and I'm just like whoa like that used to like just have my full attention and then there would also be times where they would do like the little children's choir celebrations and things and they would invite us to come down because you know we're the only children sitting in regular bible study when all the kids are downstairs having a good old time and so sometimes I could go down there and do that but to watch the process of just how music was made it was like yo it was just quiet a minute ago how 
where did you come up with this? It was just mind-boggling to me. It's so... So that was the end of me staying on track as far as telling my story as far as um, my musical journey. I didn't really know what to talk about or where to cut it off at. So I guess it's not necessarily that I stayed on track. But I do find that sometimes I stop myself in the middle of a sentence. So I'll work on that. But uh, yeah, that was the end of that. Um, I kind of wanted to give a sneak peek into what we were going to talk about next week. But I hope that this was, you know, interesting and oh my God. If anyone has any suggestions for what I could use for words, I am very open. But I wanted to say at the beginning, like, y'all, y'all could literally play a drinking game for as many times as I said the word interesting. But I didn't know that I repeat myself that much until I went back to edit. So I was like, wow, okay, well, now you know for next time. But, oh my gosh, I can't imagine how many recordings I have that sound just like that. So, we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, I hope you guys found this interesting and it gave you a little bit of insight on me. Uh, this was supposed to be like a template example of how it is that I would like to possibly hear a story or two from you. It doesn't have to be long if you don't think you have a whole lot to say about a thing. You no need to drag something out, but I still want to be able to like get a compilation of experiences to talk about something, maybe even just in one episode. That would be really fun. The next time we meet up in two weeks, I will have um, an interview to share that uh that I think will also be just as interesting. I want to give a sneak peek into what I, I, I want to talk about next week or the the next time we meet in two weeks, uh, which was a response essentially to a video I saw on YouTube about why the girls sing the way that they do. And I was just like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but in the same token, it still is rearing up things that I was concerned about so I was just like I want to respond to this especially because I know there's gonna be more of those videos following and I was just like oh my god and it's from someone that I, I respect their opinion but it's just like I disagree and it's okay for that to happen right so yeah it was just the fact that I saw a video I just have to say something because I had to get it out of me. It was just, it was do that or fester the feelings inside. And it's like, for what? Uh, and I also have, um, I don't know if I'll talk about that next week. Or I keep saying next week, but the whenever the next time I put this out, you'll just have to wait because I could always change my plans. But I think I'm going to do... Um, the bonus episode this week then next time we meet it'll be the interview episode and then the response video or the response to the video of why the girls sing the way that they do because ah, but I just want to give the sneak peek because you know if you're a person like me it is kind of hard sometimes like keeps not keep secrets no I can keep the secret but it's just hard like I want to share it all but it's like if you do that you don't have nothing else to give so yeah I want to 
give y'all a little taste. And plus, you know, it's just, it's not like y'all ain't got other things to do. Like, by the time two weeks is up, y'all y'all be refreshed to have something else to, you know, get into. But yeah, I'm really excited about what it is that could possibly go down with doing a show like this and the type of stories we get to share with each other and just in general, like, conversations and stuff and I also want to do some stuff private too like more private uh conversations like live streams and stuff so in general all of those things are soon to come uh but this is just the intro and plus you know gotta build up first so with this being the first episode it's not like you can do everything that you want to do right away because you got to build up your audience so if you did enjoy this please share it with people that you think would be interested in this because I am also trying to find people like-minded in just different different I don't know I was going to say like-minded in different areas but I mean some things y'all don't know yet so it's like about me yet so but in general I'm trying to just build a community of people that want to hear the opinions of people at different intersections in fact if if you think like that this show would interest them just send them the trailer and then they can make up their mind from there but yeah like I really would love to um get into that because I'm looking for those voices and I'm having a hard time finding them and it's not that the voices aren't out there but you have to have it's it's just it requires a lot to find spaces like that online and like once you get tapped into one you normally can find more but still like it's just a lot to sometimes find the one that can then help you get down the rabbit hole of more people. That's the beauty of building communities. But there's a lot of things that I want to do. And um, I have to find the people first. So if you think that there is something that about this show or the potential of this show that would interest someone... Let them know. And I also want to hear about what it is that y'all want to hear me talk about and the things that y'all want to discuss, you know, because I'm also, I'm not just doing this just for, I'm not the only one speaking on this show. Like, I want to hear other people's perspectives and pass the mic. Like, in general, I just want to be able to create the platform for people to have conversations and talk. And because these, I'm really just trying to create the program I've always wanted to hear. So, you know, that's kind of it. Um, but I do enjoy nerding out and talking about certain things as well. So that's, you know, it's a, it's a win for both because then it's kind of like I get to have the conversation and then hear other people's thoughts on it and get feedback. And that's kind of what I've always wanted. I've just wanted to always get people's opinions and perspectives on it music uh I also well okay I can't give it all at once I really am excited about what we're gonna dive into as far as the music goes like there's so much there's so much music and it's so good um yeah there's so much good music out there that I want to really discuss and so yeah 
I can't wait to talk to y'all. Uh, again, don't forget to follow on Instagram, a black music appreciation podcast It's in the show notes. Don't forget to follow the, the podcast and listen to the end and you'll get a little sneak peek of what's coming up on the show. And I love people that know how to use their instrument because once you know what it is your instrument is capable of then you can play around with that all day you know and I think that's what some people don't like is the fact that they see people thriving in a space where they they might only be able to hit uh, a certain number of notes but they still know how to tell stories with their voice they know how to tell stories whether it's them writing a song you know like all of those things help make a make or break a song. If you don't know how to emote and you just happen to have a really nice voice, you might be able to sing, but you don't carry no emotion with that. And that can be hard. Like, And everyone's got different levels. I remember watching um, T.S. Madison talk about how Ariana Grande will never be... Uh, Mariah Carey and Mariah Carey cannot be Whitney Houston like there's just levels to what it is that they are capable of doing and there's nothing wrong with that they're all great in their own right but to make it seem like they all have to be the same and they all have to be able to do the same thing is preposterous like there's just no way in the world that you're capable no one is a copy of each other like everyone is different and that's just you can't do it like the range is different on each person the way that they emote is different the way that their their actual voices whether they're similar in certain aspects they all still do different things with their voices and that's just what makes them them and that's great